Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome in. This is Sports Tonight. It's a Super Bowl edition. I'm joined by my uh, NFL analyst, Sid Seraf, and uh, Josh Katowitz. Great to have you both. We'll get to you guys in one second. First, a word from the sponsor, Mercer Floor and Home Carpet One. Their third-generation family business established in 1959, located on Main Street in beautiful, historic downtown Westminster. They're the oldest floor-covering store in Carroll County and one of Maryland's longest-running flooring businesses. For all of your flooring needs, think Mercer Floor and Home Carpet One. So, guys, uh, just saying off the air, we got through this year. Your uh, coverage all year was great. The NFL really added to the site. Uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, I had some doubts going into the year if we were what the season was going to look like, and uh, uh, they, they made it through. We're playing this last game, and, and you know the season has looked different, but all the games were played, and that, that was the most important thing. But, again, thanks to you guys for really really adding to it. So uh, just we'll get right into this game. These two teams faced each other uh, just two months ago. Uh, let's kind of start there and recap. Recap that, Josh. I'll let you uh, lead off. Well, I'll go the uh, the sports writer hack way and say it was a tale of two halves. Actually, it wasn't really a tale of two halves. The, the Tampa or um, Kansas City dominated for most of the game. Jumped out to a seventeen nothing lead. Um, it was twenty seven ten with twelve minutes to play, and, and you know the Chiefs looked great. Uh, and Brady didn't. And then, as is Brady does uh, a lot, as we've seen throughout his career, he the uh, he led his team back. Um, Cut it to 27-24 with about four minutes left. And what was interesting is it's something that, that um, can be kind of applied to what happened um, in the conference championship game was that the, the Chiefs had it with about four minutes to go or had it with, with time running out. It's third and seven. Um, Chiefs obviously aren't going to want to give the ball back to Brady. Instead of running the ball in third and seven, keeping the clock going, eight-yard pass from Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. And Mahomes then has the opportunity to run the clock out. And, and Andy Reid's afterward, listen, you, you know, Brady's the GOAT. I don't want him to give the ball. I don't, I don't want to give the ball back to him. And that was the mindset. And, he's, and he, that's what he's done all year. Um, so, again, it's, uh, it's maybe really instructive of, of what we'll see, um, at least to some degree, this year. Say it about uh, yourself, uh, primary takeaways from that initial matchup. Well, I mean, it's, it's basically how Andy Reid coach teams have always played. Tom Brady-led teams. Uh, he did the right thing. I wish someone had sort of told Matt LaFleur about it, but, you know, he didn't want to give the ball back to Tom Brady, like Josh said. Uh, Matt LaFleur didn't, apparently didn't have a problem doing that. And, you know, we now we're where we're at, right? So it's just basically, I didn't think the game was as close as the final score indicated. It was, I like, like Josh said, uh, Kansas City really dominated that game. They really did what they wanted to do, and it's something that, Andy Reid has always had success against Tom Brady. I mean, he hasn't won every game, but he's had a really pretty large measure of success against him because he takes him seriously. And that's exactly what I think he's going to do on Sunday. Sid, Tampa has uh, picked a poison defensively against the Chiefs. Easier said than done. But what do you expect the Buccaneers to try and uh, take away from uh, Kansas City? 
Uh, I just think that they're, you know, especially with the Chiefs being out, they're both their starting tackles uh, with Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz out. Uh, they're going to stuff the line. I mean, they're going to not – I mean, the Chiefs didn't, can't really run the ball that much anyway. And that's not, not something that Andy Reid wants to do in the first place. He likes to throw the ball third and two to him as a passing down. And uh, he – I think that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to really get after Patrick Mahomes. And I think they will have a really good chance of doing that, you know, especially with Kansas City being uh, short up front. Josh, you see it's the same there. Mahomes, uh, you know, strong against the blitz, but without the tackles there, that's kind of a, uh, the, the one area you'd expect Tampa to try and exploit, right? Yeah, I, yeah, you think so. I mean, you know, instead of, you know, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, you got Mike Remmers and Austin Wiley protecting the edges, and that's not something you want to see if you're a Chiefs fan. Um, you know what, though? Um, Mahomes, Mahomes can make up for a lot of errors. Um, and you're right. He is, he is really good against the blitz. So, um, if it was kind of a, a, a traditional quarterback, a five-step drop guy who stood in the pocket, if it was Brady, for instance, on the other side of the ball instead of Mahomes, um, dealing with that situation with the, the two tackles being being gone, I would have more concern. Mahomes is so good with his escapability. Um, yeah, it's a concern, but if you if that's if that's the issue with your team, you want Patrick Mahomes being the guy who's quarterbacking. You know. So you guys really answered uh, this question in, in the previous one there, but, but Eric Fisher's out. Uh, both tackles are out for Kansas City. Just how impactful is that? I mean, we talked about that's a potential area for Tampa to exploit, but do you, if you're a Chiefs fan, are you, are you particularly worried there, or do you feel uh, Kansas City's, their offense will just gonna continue on? <laughs> And starve well, you, Josh. Yeah. yeah, no, well, you know, it's like I said, it's a concern, and especially because the Bucks are good off the edge um, with Jason Pierre Paul and Shaquille Barrett. I mean, those are two guys who are have to be licking their lips. I, I saw an interview um, today with, uh, or I, I saw it today, I don't know when it was done sometime this week with Jason Pierre Paul, and he was like, My, Who's Mike Remmers? I don't even know who that guy is. Um, <laughs> you know, there's, you know, Remmers has been on a bunch of teams and is, you know, he's done, he's done a pretty good job this year on the right side, but, um, you know, I, th- I think it's good um, that he got a little bit of uh, some reps in the Carmen Championship game after uh, Fisher went out. That's good, I guess. But, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of practice time, and it's a whole lot of Zoom meetings. And having to go against, you know, these kind of top-notch defensive ends from the Bucks, man, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, I think Pierre, Paul, and Barrett, man, they got to be licking their lips for this. I guess quick variable there, Sid. Do you, do you see any adjustment for Kansas City? Any? Do you think they'll be a little bit more conservative, uh, try and run the ball, give a little bit more help out, outside, eat or tackle, a little extra blocking, or do you think they'll just they'll run their uh, regular uh, set? I would be. I would have been less. <clears throat> excuse me. I would have been less concerned if Tampa was missing their two left tackles because their running game is pretty strong. But, I mean, as far as, like, what they're going to want to do on Sunday, I'm going to think maybe you're going to see some screens. You're going to see those types of things, try to get Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul off, you know, when they're going to be, like like Josh said, they're going to be licking their lips, coming after Patrick Mahomes. And how do you do that? You, you have a good screen game. Maybe they do t- that type of misdirection and really, um, you know, try to, you know, take some miles per hour basically off their pass rush. So, Sid, uh, the Bucs are taking the field in their home stadium. There'll be some fans not full. Uh, 
you know, this is Super Bowl site decided prior to the year. Do you have any problem with uh, the Buccaneers being able to play in their home stadium? No, I think it's awesome. In fact, a few couple of years ago, I was really rooting when Minnesota was hosting when they had the um, Minneapolis Miracle. I really thought the Vikings were actually going to get there and actually uh, be able to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Of course, it didn't happen, but uh, who'd they lose to? The Eagles, right? Is that is that, is that what happened, I think? Yeah. Uh, uh, the Miracle, yeah, it was the Saints in the, in the – Yeah, that was in the divisional uh, round, but then they lost yeah. in the uh, – Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah right. to yeah. The, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, is kind of uh, – it reminds me of like the 1980s when the uh, Miami Hurricanes would always end up in the Orange Bowl <laughs> – and uh, they would, it was just basically, it was a home game for them. And then they'd win a national championship in their own stadium. And it's just like, well, you know, that's how it is. You know, that's how the, how the game goes. And everyone knew that this game was going to be in Tampa this year. And the fact that the Buccaneers got it done, I think it's really cool. It's a shame that it had to be during the time of COVID because it would have been really kind of neat to see like a, a, a home crowd almost, you know. For the Super Bowl, but you know we'll get it as close as we can. Josh, unless you feel uh, differently, then uh, the, uh, the cool aspect is it just adds another element to this particular game, right? I mean, and how lucky? I'm sorry. How lucky is Tom Brady, by the way? Anyway, just, <laughs> you know, every year for this NCAA basketball tournament, Duke plays in Greensboro, right? I mean, that's that's the way it goes. Yeah. You know, you, you make it there, you make it there. Um, what I what I do like about them playing in Tampa. Um, and it, honestly, I think I, I agree with Sid. I think it's cool that this has never happened before in NFL history, and, and it's happening now. Um, it's really great that they're they can have some fans in there because if there's other, you know, if it was in um, California or somewhere else, they may not have the ability to to have fans. Um, so that's cool, and it's cool that they're not packing the stadium. That's cool too because you don't need to see you know seventy thousand people in this time of COVID. So if you get twenty thousand or twenty two thousand people in there. Get a bunch of uh, healthcare workers who who have earned the right to uh, be treated like royalty for a night, um, or for much longer than that. But you know what I mean for for this night at least. Yeah. I, I think Tampa um, is a pretty damn good location for it. Uh, Josh, looking at the coaching staffs, do you give an edge to uh, one side or the other? You know these coaching staffs are really good, man. I mean they're like you know if you're looking at the top five coaching staffs. I would. It would have to be these two. The two. These two teams would have to be in the top five. Um, I give an edge to Andy Reid, but let me talk about Bruce Arians because I think um, I don't know. I don't know if Sid agrees with this. I, it almost seems like everybody kind of knows Bruce Arians is a really good coach, but he still kind of seems underappreciated to me at least. And he's a guy who who had a lot of success in Arizona. He did great in Indianapolis that one year where um, where Pagano was was out um, with his illness and. Uh, Arians was was fantastic in, as in an interim basis. Um, you know, Byron Leftwich has really raised his reputation as the offensive coordinator. He's going to get a he'll probably get some looks, some real looks at a uh, head coaching position at some point. Todd Bowles on the defensive side has kind of restored his reputation after his disastrous head coaching job. So um, I'm going to give the edge to Andy Reid and, and the Chiefs because I really like the way he coaches and I like the, his mindset, like Sid talked about earlier. But I think Arians is, is right there with him. Sid, uh, thoughts there? Yeah, I agree. Especially with Bruce Arians, he's like, if you were to pick like a coach in the NFL that like is the like a great coach but never got to the big game, and he did, I think you know he deserves to be there. He's had so much success as a coordinator, as a position coach, quarterback coach. 
He's worked with the best. Uh, he's my kind of people because that's what I like. He's what I like as an NFL head coach. He's someone who speaks his mind and will say what's on his mind. And, you know, people like to bash people like that, but I just think it's so silly. We're always so, you know, demanding of people being real, and then suddenly we get someone who is real, and then we want to knock him for that. And I just, no. Uh, I think it was great that he said what was on his mind about Tom Brady earlier in the season. He's, he's he, like I said, he's my guy. He, he's a Sid guy, you know? So, uh, Hugh Jackley, he's you know, a good guy. Yeah, you know, so I'm really happy that he's in the big in the Super Bowl. He finally, you know, if he wins, that's even great, you know, even better. But I think he deserves it, and uh, he should be here. And I, I, yeah, I'm a big fan. And, I can't say any, enough good things. And, about and him. you know, I, I don't, not to get too political, um, because I'm, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of fans who listen to this who who are who are not progressive. Um, but Bruce Arians is a progressive coach, and he hires yes. minorities, and he hires women, um, and I think that's cool. And I think he's. Um, you know, he's not a young guy, but the fact that he can, he's changing with the times. And um, I think that there's something to be said for that too. 100%. Uh, he also changed during this this season where early in the year, and maybe that was the lack of a, a full off season, but uh, there was some trying to put Brady kind of into more of his uh, typical offense. And then he acquiesced during the year a little bit and, uh, you know, let Brady run an offense more uh, that Tom's more comfortable with, and they found further success. So he does get credit for making that adjustment and not just uh, sticking to, uh, you know, his own script there. Uh, Sid, keys for the game for the Chiefs. Uh, where, where are your keys there? Well, it's like I said last week, um, they can't shoot themselves in the foot. You know, if they, if they play mistake-free football – I, in my opinion, they're the more talented team, and they should win this game. However, that's not usually how it works in the Super Bowl, is it? And you still got another guy on the opposite end, uh, Tom Brady, uh, who you cannot let him control the game. So it'll be like we were talking about earlier. Um, on a third and six, they're going to have to go for it. Maybe go for it on a fourth down and get it. Because if you give Tom Brady the ball late in the game – excuse me, sorry – Give Tom Brady the ball late in the game. He's gonna he's gonna get it done. So you have to be the aggressor. You have to <clears throat> be the people that takes chances and gets them. Don't worry about what the um, uh, what the you know feedback is gonna be after the game. If that makes any sense, take chances, take risks, be Bruce Arians in a sense. You know, uh, I know what, what's that saying that he always has? No, uh, no. Risk it without the risk it. Yeah. This is the time, man. This is the last game of the year. You got to pull out all the stops. Uh, Josh, about for you, uh, Kansas City keys there. Yeah, well, and, and just to to piggyback off off Sid, I mean, I think you you can be you can take those chances because you won a Super Bowl last year, so there's not that pressure. You ha- you can be a little freer. Um, I think my key though, or one of my keys, is Steve Sagnola, the Chief Defensive Coordinator. This is a guy who knows Tom Brady who knows how to have success against Tom Brady. I mean, we saw it in week 12 for, for most of that game, for three quarters of that game. Um, you know, the, the Bucks couldn't do anything on offense. There were three, you know, three and outs to, that were littered throughout the first half. You know, Brady was throwing picks in the third quarter. And, um, you know, but like I said, we, we talked about before, Brady came back a little bit and, and made it close. But talk, if we're talking about, like, coaches like Todd Bowles who have kind of wrecked or resurrected themselves from um, disastrous head coaching jobs, Steve, Steve Spagnuolo is another guy. And Steve Smagnola was the, the Giants defensive 
quarterback when they beat the Patriots um, a few years ago in the Super Bowl. So Spagnola is, is, is a huge part of this game, I think. Yeah, I'll give one key for the Chiefs. I mean, uh, for me, it's can they get a pass rush uh, from their front four? Uh, Brady, typically that's been the only thing that's really having him uh, trouble is when you can have – we've seen that a couple times in the Super Bowl, but also I'm thinking about a number of Ravens games. If you can get that pass rush from just those four and drop – Drop others into coverage. That is a uh, recipe that at least gives a <laughs> gives you a better uh, chance of versus Brady and his experience there. But uh, we'll see. Uh, for the Bucks, let's go to the other side of the ball. Josh, what are the keys there? Well, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but it's you got to pressure Mahomes. But what's interesting is that Mahomes is really good when when opponents blitz. He's in this year. He's got a passer rating of one thirty five point three when he's being blitz. Fifteen touchdowns, zero picks. So blitzing him doesn't work. You got to you got to pressure him with uh, with a four man rush, and that's what what the Bucks did last, in the conference championship game against the Packers. They sacked Aaron Rodgers five times, and um, I think all of them were on. They none of them were on blitzes. They were all like four man rushes. So that plays into again um, the offensive tackles being second you know second tier guys. Um, this is a real this is a real chance I think for the Bucks to uh, to have an impact on Mahomes. Don't blitz him. Get him pressure him with four men. And then you know, because when he's under pressure with just four guys, his his passer rating is about half as good as it is if he blitz, which is kind of, it's that's pretty amazing actually. It's a pretty amazing stat, but that's kind of the, one of the big keys to victory for the Bucks. And Sid, uh, your keys for Tampa? Uh, I think the I think Tampa should really. It's kind of weird, but they should go into this game focused on winning time for possession. Uh, which is the, which they can do with their running game. They have Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones uh, firing on all cylinders. Nothing makes Tom Brady happier than a thirteen or fourteen play drive. That's what he thri- That's where he thrives. That's where he does his best football. Is doing that, just killing you seven yards at at a time. You know, and, th- and I think that's what they really need to do is control the ball, get after him with the pass rush. But if they win the time for possession, they will win this game. Tampa Bay has to get the running backs going in this game. Yeah. Fournette, uh, he's looked pretty good the last few weeks. Got to have that going. Got to set up the play action for Tampa. And, uh, and, and like you said, control the, control the clock. I mean, people, just to finish that thought, you know, people – Say that's a little bit overblown. You know, obviously Kansas City can score quickly, but they can't score when they're off the field. So, you know, that's and it just what's amazing is just how Leonard Fournette has flipped his career. I mean, wasn't he? He was like a healthy scratch last year for a lot of games with the Jaguars, and people were just like, "Oh, well, he's done. Whatever. He's just a one-note kind of a guy." And he's really flipped the script, and he's really, <clears throat> you know, those power running backs really they flourish you know, with Tom Brady under center. So like, it's, it's been really neat to see. Uh, and obviously, you know, Buccaneers have to finish their drives off with uh, touchdowns. Can't be settling for three. And obviously that's a, you know, in any game, but certainly against the you know, chiefs offense. Uh, so if Brady's the goat and obviously by accomplishment, he is, uh, can Mahomes ever potentially approach uh, uh, goat status? If he loses this game, you know, if you're thinking about the head-to-head swing, and uh, Sid, I'll start with you. 
Well, this is his second Super Bowl appearance. He's got eight to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, then call me after he's reached reached ten Super Bowls, and we'll have we'll have a discussion. Uh, yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, Jeff Saturday, I believe, ESPN, and, and it, you know, he talked about you can't have a conversation about a future goat. You're either the goat or you're or you're, or you're not. And I, I I get the mindset. It just uh, here in a head to head versus Brady. It's a it's a swing, right? Uh, I mean, Brady either <laughs> either gets another win and he's that much further ahead, or Mahomes closes you know, the a little bit of the distance, and you start thinking, you know, he's going to have he has to have another 15, 18 years of dominance and a number of other Super Bowls. But uh, for him, if you start thinking about a potential resume and what that could look like, it, it, to me. Uh, it's a big swing game for him, but yeah, I, I think your point is well well taken, uh, Josh. Any any real thoughts there? No, I mean, I, th- I, 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 Mahomes, I it's hard to even fathom Mahomes being at, in that discussion at this point. I know he's he's been amazing the first couple of years, but you know, if we're talking about head to head, you know, you, I think you look at it's it's kind of sort of similar to to Roger Federer versus Rafael Nadal in tennis, where I think Roger Federer is the greatest player of all time, but Nadal has beaten him more times than Federer has beaten him. So I'm not sure that Mahomes needs to get to seven or eight Super Bowl victories in order to get to that to, to be considered one of the to be considered the goat. Maybe four does, maybe five doesn't. I mean, because I, I think I don't I don't, I don't know. I I think Brady has, has such it's such a pedestal, such a high mark. Do you have to win seven Super Bowls in order to be the the goat? I don't know if that that's that's. Yeah, there, there's so many ways we could take that conversation, and we've discussed it a few times on on the show the last few weeks. I mean, it's. It's one uh, while you're looking at your respective generation. One, it's accomplishment. You know, another thing, it's accomplishment. Or, and then it's third criteria for some people would just be pure talent. Uh, and uh, on the, you know realizing that not every scenario is the same. But Brady's accomplishments at this point. I mean, if it's just by accomplishment, you got to give it to Brady just <laughs> off of the the consistency and the duration. And certainly, I think I had said a few weeks ago that um, I wasn't sure that he could really add to his legacy at this point. I thought it was fairly well written, but he's gone to the Super Bowl with Tampa, and for a lot of people, that's going to be an addition to his uh, overall resume that he did this without Belichick, and he took another franchise, and he certainly joined the Buccaneers team with plenty of talent, but they had had a lot of years of uh, non-success and here they are in, uh, in another Super Bowl or he's in another Super Bowl so it does directly add to the legacy and if he's able to uh, win on Sunday uh, he probably just further cements his status uh, maybe a, a funner topic uh, what's the favorite prop bet you guys have seen uh, Josh start with you I when I was when I was covering games um, I would before every game I would time the national anthem. I don't know. I was I lived. In, I was cover, I was writing in Cincinnati um, for the newspaper there, and I just for like in 2005, I started recording every national anthem for whatever for some reason, and it became a joke among all the sports sports writers and media people in Cincinnati that I would do this, and um, I, I did it for years and years and years, like probably for eight years, I did it. I don't know why, um, but uh, so for for me in my heart, the, my favorite prop bet is always going to be the the time of the national anthem and, and the over under on that, and I think this year it's I saw somewhere it's 120 seconds. 120.5 seconds, which to me is a lot because um, having <laughs> timed so many national anthems, 
two minutes is a long time for a national anthem. So I'll go under on that. But um, if it was, I also really like the, the over under on the length of time after the kickoff before the first reference to the first responders in the stands. And that's 179.5 seconds. So what's that, three minutes? That to me, the over it doesn't seem so bad with that. I didn't see who is doing the FM last Sunday. I think it's uh, Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. It feels like their families could make a lot of money uh, <laughs> if uh, uh, Sid about back bet yourself there. I'm an old-fashioned guy. I uh, really appreciate the coin flip prop bet. <laughs> nice. I've gotten minus 400 on uh, on heads this year. And no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, Where the hell did you see that? <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I just I made that up. <laughs> Degenerates.com. Yeah, yeah Degenerates.com. Yeah, exactly. But another um, – prop that I've always liked is the first points being on a safety, <laughs> which uh, we have to go back to, what was it, Broncos Seahawks? Yeah, when, there we uh, go. in New York. When uh, the, yeah, when the snap got, went over Peyton Manning's head. I always liked that one because the odds, the, if you, uh, you could win big money on that one. If you put, if you put a hundred bucks, you might come home with 1200. You never know. But uh, yeah, but those, those were, those are my favorites. And shout out to the classic, the classic Gator. What color is the Gatorade going to be? That's that splash on the head coach after the game. That's, that's always a good one too. Another good one. Yes. Uh, for you guys, uh, a wild card didn't have on our outline. Uh, uh, I don't know what you guys are doing for the Super Bowl. Probably not gathering with people, maybe a different uh, Super Bowl than mo- most years, but uh, what's on the menu? What you have anything, uh, uh, particularly good. Anything uh, different you'll do this year? And Sid uh, told us off the air he's been uh, under the weather today. Maybe he's not ready to think about food. But uh, yeah, well, definitely not shrimp. I'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> no seafood on. No, Sunday. See, I was, I, was, uh, no. I was going to Sid's house for Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we, we were yeah. going to mask up and watch together. I guess that's yeah. Well, thanks for the uh, thanks for letting me know. That. Yeah. yeah, well, the seafood's off the menu. Uh, well, no, my wife has an air fryer, so we're actually going to uh, actually make chicken wings there at you go. home. And uh, we're thinking that we yeah, not sure we're either going to do burgers or cheesesteaks. We're not sure. I I personally prefer cheesesteaks, but she would prefer burgers, so we're going to do burgers. Going to end up having burgers. Yeah, exactly. Chris, Chris, so, Chris, do you have an air fryer at your house? I do not. It's kind of a new thing with uh, all of the uh, new uh, stoves that are out there. So we. We did look at that for uh, our new house that's coming up, but uh, didn't didn't pull the trigger. So maybe we'll find another air fryer do, down the road. Got to do the got to do the air fryer. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's really it's it really comes in handy. So uh, I'll just uh, kind of there's a random thread on the board that's been up for uh, several years. It's in our food section, uh, BSL Super Bowl menu, and uh, there's a, some good uh, uh, recipes of different things people do do on there. Check that out. Uh, all right, we'll go one last comment outside of the Super Bowl, and then we'll come back for our picks there. So big trade this week, uh, Detroit and the Rams. Sid, obviously, you knew the Rams uh, as well as anybody. Um, what were your thoughts on that move? Um, well, here, I'll start like this. I was never a Jared Goff hater. I just wasn't. Like, I, I, I was rooting for him. I wanted him to succeed. He did, you know – for better or for worse, he did bring the team to a Super Bowl. I thought he played well in those playoffs, but something happened, and Sean McVay just was – just for him to just be like – he was his biggest fan, but now all of a sudden he was just like, I'm out. I'm done. We can't do this anymore. And so 
on paper, I do like it. You know, Matthew Stafford has a strong arm. He's a smart guy. He's tough as nails. However, you know, a lot of people did point out to me, they're like, yeah, well, you know, does he beat good teams? And I'm like, no, he doesn't. But can we blame all of that on Detroit? Yeah, you can blame some of it on Detroit. <laughs> you know, Detroit being Detroit. You know, the one good coach that they had that took him to the playoffs, Jim Caldwell, they canned him for no reason. They brought in Matt Patricia, which was a, you know, complete disaster. And, uh, you know, he's never had a good defense. He'll have one now. He's will have an excellent running game behind him. Uh, his offensive line will be better. Uh, but I'll have to, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold my judgment and wait and see. I want to see how he does. Yeah, Josh, for me, uh, Goff was – He's more than just a guy, maybe not, you know, he's not elite. I, th- I think he's a, a competent quarterback. I love that Detroit got the uh, the picks back. As, as, you know, I thought that was huge. Uh, Stafford, I believe, is a pretty talented guy, more talented than Goff. But, I mean, for L.A. to not have a first-round pick from the time Goff was selected until, is it 23, 24 at this point? I mean, 2024. I mean, that is just unbelievable. Uh, I mean, the Rams might be set for a run in 22, or, uh, well, sorry, 21. Uh, I was getting ahead of myself, but in this uh, this coming year. But, yeah, I, I I didn't love the move. What were your thoughts? <laughs> I like the move. I mean, it's, it's, it's balls to the wall. It's we're going to win now. We have our window. Um, let's go full blast. We'll, we'll, we'll worry about the future when the future comes. Um, you know, they can always trade back in. They can always trade up or tra- get, get back in the first round through trades or whatever they, you know, that's, that's that just, you know, just because it's worked out right now where they don't have a pick till 2024 doesn't, doesn't mean they won't have one. But I mean, I like the, the I like the attitude. I like, let's go for it now. And Stafford, you know what? I'm, I'm happy for Stafford because I, it's, he is almost a little bit like the Tony Romo syndrome where, he he does so much, and he throws for 350 yards a game, and his team loses 48 to 45 every week because of a last second interception. And people are like, "Well, well, Stafford threw an interception at the end of the game." Well, yeah, but the reason they were in the game in the first place was because Stafford brought him there. And I think that that was kind of what Roma's crew was like. Uh, I see some similarities there with Stafford. I, I, I like that he's going to get an opportunity to uh, possibly win a Super Bowl to to be on that road and to kind of get the recognition that he deserves. So I like the move for, hey, for the Rams. I like the move for Stafford. You both make reasonable points. I mean, I do like the idea with Stafford. You give him the Rams defense. Uh, you give him McVay and coaching. And Sid, to your point about McVay being out on uh, on Goff, I mean, the one comment I did see kind of thrown around a few times is that they talked that uh, Goff's work ethic wasn't up to par. And uh, he just wasn't putting in the work. And if you you can lose you can lose your uh, locker room pretty quickly if people around you don't feel like you're you're putting in your share, especially when you're the one getting the paycheck <laughs> compared comparatively to everybody else. Uh, but interesting trade that was kind of a, a, a fun thing to kick off really the off season. Great trade, that was fun. And uh, obviously uh, we'll see what comes next with uh, Houston and Watson. All right, back to the Super Bowl. We'll do our picks here. Uh, close it out. Josh, who wins the Super Bowl and why? Chiefs win it again, man. I think they just have too much talent on offense. I mean, what are you going to do? How are you going to stop them? Um, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. We didn't didn't really spend a whole lot of time talking about Travis Kelsey. I mean, that guy's unstoppable, it seems like. And 
It just it, it's it's just I've, there's been a lot of talk this week about throwing the, the word dynasty around. Is this a sort of a dynasty? Maybe. I mean, maybe it is, but I just think that with the way that Reed coaches, with the way that Eric Bieniemy is, you know, has has really shorted that offense. The way that those those three skill guys are just have an, are just amazing together. You have you have to feel like, and to kind of allude to this, you have to feel like you, the Bucks. You have to score every single time they have the ball, and they can't score field goals because they'll, they'll never they'll fall behind, and never catch up. I just think I think the Chiefs are just too talented on offense, and they're clicking too much. I just it's going to be too difficult for the Buccaneers to keep up. Sid, do uh, does Kansas City repeat as champs, or does uh, Brady win another? All right, I agree with everything that Josh just said. Everything he said was right. Now, before the season started, I picked the Ravens and the Bucks. Do you pick the Ravens? What a homer you are, man! Come on. I don't want you know. Listen, I I know where my bread is buttered. This is the Baltimore website. You know. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't that silly at the beginning of the season. You know. On LA Whatever. Sports and Life, it was the Rams. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Um, I agree with everything you just said, but uh, I'm going to sound like Skip Bayless right now. This is terrible, but I'm going to pick the Bucks. Because they have Tom Brady. And uh, I don't know why. I just, I have a heart. Every time I pick against him, he proves me wrong. So maybe if I pick for him this time, maybe he'll actually lose this year. But I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, you know, they'll be, uh, I just, I know how, the, I've seen this movie 50 times. It'll be close in the fourth quarter. Then there'll be some weird pass interference penalty or some weird offsides or something like that that'll give him another chance and he will score that go-ahead touchdown with 40 seconds left to go. And uh, I think, you know, will I be, could I be proven wrong very easily? Because you're right. Josh is right. The Chiefs are the more talented team. But I just have that Tom Brady wild card in my brain and I can't pick against him. So I'm going to say the Bucks will win it close. It'll be... Uh, I'll give you a score. I'll say it's going to be like 28-25. Well, I, I can buy the Bucks finding a way to win, but if it's uh, a game in the 20s, that would that would really surprise me. Uh, I, I feel I feel like the score is going to get uh, – Do you think know. we're going to see like Chiefs-Rams in the 50s? Big big 12 football is what I'm expecting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, guys, again, great job coverage all year. My thanks. Really appreciate the last few weeks, guys, jumping on here and uh, your thoughts and insights. Hopefully we get a good game, get some good food, and uh, enjoy the game. Find Hopefully some decent commercials, and it should be a national holiday, but it's not. But let's uh, go ahead and enjoy it anyway. <laughs> I guess we're not going anywhere the next day anyway, so you know, whatever. <laughs> so it's okay. My thanks, guys. Thanks, Take care. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the game.